your partner is not um, facing the challenges in your relationship, they're probably not facing the challenges in lots of areas in their life because how you do one thing is how you do everything. So they're probably ignoring the finances, you know, not dealing with um, their health, you know, lots of things. So it's not just you, it's every area. And Adam was the same. He was very resistant, not just towards me, but in every area. He was, um, you know, quite delusional about things. And that was his protection mechanism. And when you're protecting, it makes it very hard to connect because you're closing. You're closing to opportunities. You're closing to learning. Hey, my name is Belinda Carusi and welcome to my show. This podcast was born through my obsession of business, personal development, and my deep desire to living an extraordinary life. I am a small town mama who took used car tires to start my first outdoor boot camp and grew it into a multiple six-figure fitness empire. And now I work from home helping business owners create the business of their dreams. I will take you on an adventure that will open your mind and your heart and truly help you believe in yourself to just do the thing you were born to do. Like I would say in my boot camps, three, two, one, let's go. Welcome to the Belinda Carusi show. Hello, welcome everyone. Today I have the most incredible guest, my dear friend, Aston Simmons. Simmons, isn't it? Simmons. Simmons. Oh my gosh. Anyway, um, I'm so excited because she is such a powerhouse, like next level powerhouse, relationship coach, um, podcast host, author, and wife and mother of two. She's not only that, she's been featured in Mamma Mia, The Elephant Journal, and there was another one as well, probably heaps. Medium, yeah. They pretty much get one of your articles and share them everywhere. (laughs) That's so good. Um, and the reason I've got my beautiful friend on was because this follows the the feel of what I was talking about in my last episode, which is you are the niche. And the kind of theme that I want to talk through with a lot of explanation of how you can heal your relationship, because obviously you're a relationship coach, so that's going to help. But what I want to really bring forth for the listeners is that you can turn your mess into your mission. And this is what you have done to a T. So I'm so excited and thank you so much for coming on. Wow. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate that. I'm normally on the other side introducing people on the podcast. So it's really beautiful um, when you're on the other side and someone's introducing you. And um, yeah, that was beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Um, I honestly feel the same about you. You are such a powerhouse. So I feel like like attracts like. Um, And yeah, I'm really excited to have this chat and I hope it inspires lots of people to realize that you do have a story, you do have a message and you've been through some life and you have something that someone else out there also needs. And, um, you know, we, we all have a story and our stories can be really healing when we own them and we share them. And, um, yeah, that's exactly what I did with, with my relationship coaching. Um, and I'm sure we'll dive into that. Yeah. I'm so excited. So the first, I, I just wanted to kind of share with listeners how we know each other. Um, so we were both <laughs> starting in personal development. Uh, yeah. Tony Robbins. This was probably, I reckon, 
nearly 10 years ago, I would say. Definitely. Um, so you guys, I think I saw you and Adam on stage. Uh, we actually signed up to this, what was it called? It was like the whole yeah. event. So we signed up to like a $40,000. Yeah. It was Life Wealth Mastery, I think. I don't know if the whole thing no, was called was, that, but it included a lot, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, so you got like a retreat in Fiji, you yes. got um, five days of Date With Destiny, business mastery, yes. all the things. So yeah. I remember we were like the young teeny boffers that had just signed up to these programs um, and we got to meet Tony Robbins um, oh on the God. stage. How freaking tall is he? I literally had to jump to hug him, like like jump up to reach. Like he was huge. And because you're like a little bit smaller than I am in terms <laughs> of, and your husband's so tall as yeah, well. Yeah, oh, it was and, hilarious. Oh, I remember my husband was like, his back was like so thick as well. Cute. Yeah, literally like a living giant. It Literally. was, it Amazing. was great. So, <laughs> I mean, I've spoken a little bit about personal development in my previous podcast and how that kind of cracks you open to, to mm. thinking differently. Um, before we met the Tony Robbins, we, what were you doing before even just, how did you get into personal development in general? Yeah. So pretty much from the age of 16, I was interested in self-growth in some form. Um, it started with books. Um, I think my first couple of books uh, were You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay and The Secret by Rhonda Byrne. Um, I think they were really popular at the time. And my mum was always reading books. She always had books next to her bed. And I remember just noticing that when things would be a bit stressful or life would get a bit hard or frustrating she would be reading books and it seemed to help and I remember saying to her one day like I want to start reading these books like where, where should I start and she had all these books and um she said you know start with these so I started reading those and I read them on the train to work and you know I loved reading them and I realized that these books and these lessons and these people's stories were kind of like the manuals for life that we never received when we got here. And reading these books and like these messages and these quotes and stories really started to crack me open. And I liked that feeling of like opening more parts of myself and realizing that I wasn't alone on this journey, that there were answers literally hidden everywhere. If I was willing to seek for them and, and you know, look at them and take them in, they were just everywhere. So I loved those books. Literally, it's the only books I read. I say to people, I either need a lot of help or, um, or I just love personal growth and self-development because they're literally the only books I read. And I genuinely love reading them. I'm not reading them because... I don't think I'm good enough or anything like that. I genuinely love the stories and how it helps me to find more of myself. And that's been from a very young age. So that is where it started. And when I was reading those books, um, I was actually in a relationship with my husband, who was then my boyfriend, Adam, because we met when I was 14, 15. Um, and, and how long did you get together when you were that old or? Yeah, we got together in high school and I didn't know who he was. Um, he was a year above, but he knew who I was and he literally like sought me out. He was like really trying to get my attention. I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like I've never seen a guy go so hard to get, you know, my attention. And um, 
and he was really genuine in wanting to get to know me. So we just started hanging out and he was reading a lot of books, but he was reading um, a lot of personal development in the way of Tony Robbins and a lot of like housing. He was always like interested in anything to do with housing or the share market. And so he was reading all those types of books. And so he would be telling me things about that. And some of it, I was like, oh, this is boring and I'm not interested. And and he, I'm sure he felt the same and he did feel the same about a lot of the stuff I shared. He, he used to believe it was all just a coincidence. You know, like I remember when we built, bought eventually in our 20s, bought our first apartment together and I walked in and I was like, this is it. I've had the sign, this is it, this is the apartment. He was like, Aston, shush, like they're going to hear us. Like what are you talking about? It's a logical decision. He he was not connected to intuition for a, a big part of our relationship and I think just thought I was a bit crazy. Totally different story now. Um, but I loved that about us, that we had those differences. I loved his logical mind. He was really intrigued, although frustrated sometimes with my trust in the universe, trust in, you know, something greater. And um, I think slowly we started to enter each other's worlds. And so he started talking about Tony Robbins and all these things he would le- he was learning. He actually ended up downloading a whole heap of his um, audio books onto, uh, onto my phone and I started listening to them on the way to work. And I was like, wow, there is something in this. Like the, these are, feel similar to the books I'm reading. So I continued listening to them and I think uh you know a few years later we were deciding that we wanted to do some travel and I think we were actually we were doing the bottom half of Australia we're taking six weeks to drive the bottom half of Australia and we ended up in Sydney and I remember saying to him when we were there is this where Tony Robbins does those events um that you have shared with me from the book and things like that and he said yeah it is I said well considering we're here should we not go to one um and he was like oh I don't know and I was like well just see if one comes up maybe we will go and one did come up and it um, It was once a year back then it was once a year random time yeah yeah and I had a feeling it would happen like that so yeah UPW came up and and we went and um yeah and that's kind of where it started um but yeah I was always interested in getting to know myself on a deeper level and it was really important to me from a young age to have a connection with myself not necessarily because someone sat me down and talked to me about it but I just had this knowing that that is the one person who was always going to be there for me it was me um and I'd had you know issues growing up with you know other girls not not liking me and bullying me and all those things so I think that's where I found that that real love was within myself, that, yeah. that love that no one could take away and that place where I felt safe and I could be all of me. So, Yeah, and I think that's and that's where it is. It's all there because I, I can relate. I had a really pretty traumatic teenage years. But, yeah, and it was kind of like, like we were talking yesterday with our pre-little talk, it's like these triggers, these things that happen to us are our greatest lessons and our greatest teachers, which is why I want to get into the next phase too, is about like, so you've been with your husband for now 19 years? 19 years, years yeah. And how old are you now? No, I don't mean to. Oh, I'm totally okay. I forget I my age, so it doesn't bother me. I literally forget how old I'm. So you're um, I'm less than half your age. Yeah, yeah. I'm 34 because he's 35. That's so you're, you've been with him for longer than you have not been with him? Yes, yeah. 
yeah. which is incredible. Um, it is insane. And it doesn't feel like that though. It's no. crazy. Like people are like, how the hell is that possible? I'm like, I actually don't even know. Like I, that, that we didn't get into this relationship with the intention of just staying together for a long time. Um, and that's really, I think, where a lot of people go wrong. They just yeah. think it's the time. And to us, the true measure of our relationship success is that we have continued to evolve. Yeah. We've continued to recreate, not just ourselves, but also our relationship. And, you know, it was when we stopped doing that. It was when we stopped taking the time and space to recreate our relationship and ourselves after having kids about three years ago. That's when the relationship stopped working um, yeah. because we stopped working on us and we stopped working on our relationship. Yeah, and I think that's the thing too. People, your relationship, it's like you go through, you've probably been through five relationships or six relationships in this relationship. So many. It's like, who was I back then? Oh, my gosh, we were so different. Yeah, and you reminded me talking about when we first met, you were not the same person. You're not the same person that you met. You're not the same person that you got engaged to. You're not the same person that you married, like, but we don't really prepare ourselves when we think of like a life partner that they will not be the same person. And yep. logically it makes sense, but we we don't really take the time to sit with, okay, um, can I accept all of you? Because that's a big part of it. Can I accept all of me? I mean, that's the first question because well, if, you can't accept, first question. if you can't accept all of you, you're going to have a really hard time accepting all of your partner. And a big part of what I teach is there is no perfect relationship. There is no perfect partner. Um, It's actually all imperfectly perfect. And I know that about Adam and I, our relationship has been my greatest catalyst for growth because I've leaned in and I've allowed it to be. And not because it's been perfect, because it's actually been challenging. And those triggers or those challenges, like you said, have literally cracked my heart open and, bought me some truth in myself that I couldn't always see. And that truth sometimes is really uncomfortable. And I think people confuse this discomfort with wrong. He mustn't be wrong for me. You know, I believe in the universe, but I don't believe in using it against me and saying things like, oh, this is uncomfortable. So this is a sign that it's wrong. You know, no, the universe never works against you. Everything is always happening for you. So if there is a challenge, that challenge is for you too. It doesn't mean that that's what you deserve or that's what you're worth. Definitely not. And I think this is where people get confused. Everybody's born worthy. Everybody's born deserving that love and everything that they want. But there are things that we need to overcome. There are challenges we need to face to be able to get to that place. And they are not punishment. And I think people just get so confused about it. It's, It's part of the journey. The challenges are just part of the journey. They're stepping stones to success. That's how I see it in every area of my life, business, parenting, um, relationships, every area. They're stepping stones to success. Those, If we did not have those challenges and we came here and we didn't overcome anything, we wouldn't become anything more. Like you have to, you know, you've got a mistake. You've got to have a mistake. You've got to essentially fall Um make a failure, you know, I don't even believe in failure. You have to have these things happen. Otherwise, there's nothing to learn. There's, There's no 
change that happens within you for you to actually grow. Like growth is uncomfortable. It's It's, so uncomfortable. It's meant to be discomfort, you know, it's crazy. It is. So tell me about the quote-unquote failure of your relationship because I was reading about it and I've been watching your journey actually. It's been really powerful to see you guys be really open about how disconnected, how angry you were, how... And a lot of this happens when we have children. Like, so for all the mamas listening, you're not alone because it just, I was reading this book actually. It was, um, it's like a time management book. And she writes about how women are, women are like sold a dream that you can have it all. Like you Mm. can have it all. Like you can have the career, you can have the partner, you can have the house, you can have the car, you can have this you can have the kids and blah, blah, blah. And then when you actually have the kids, that dream is like crumbled because it's mm-hmm. like you actually can't have it all like yeah. at, at some points and you need to work out how you can kind of recreate this kind of lie that's been taught mm-hmm. as well. And I think it's very kind of disempowering in a way. It's it's been disempowering because it's like it didn't really teach us the truth of what parenting is. Yeah. And and I think this is why so many driven women, especially driven women, become parents and then become so depressed or really anxious as parents because I thought I could have all of these things. Now I have a child and every time the child's sick, I'm the one that has to take the day off. I'm the one that has to sacrifice this. Even though the men, there are men that do do it, It's generally the woman and the woman has the desire to be there with their children anyway. So it does change. And I don't think that was something that you probably thought would change as much as well. And it was something that I didn't realize too. I was like, oh, cool. Yep. He'll just fit in with my life. It'll be sweet, blah, blah, blah. So I'd love to know about whether that relates and also how your relationship was like at its like wits end. And I remember speaking to you about, um, the fact that you're wondering whether you should stay or go and, and that decision. So I'd love you to dive into that. Yeah, so many layers to that question. So I many love, layers. Sorry. I love, no, I love layered questions. That's that's my jab. So I'll start with, um, I want to start with the having it all because this was a big thing for me as well. And I do really relate to what you shared. And so many, I know so many women feel this way. And I do think it is a societal conditioning that has really screwed us over. Um, And the changes in gender roles is another thing that has come in here because basically we have been sold that we can keep operating the way our parents did or generations before and still have it all. And that's not true because now women are working as well. So it might have worked in the past because women were just at home and, and, you know, the men were working. But that's not what's happening now. Women are working and in the home. Men also desire to be around the kids and at home more. So we have to find a new system and a new model that works for us. And that's exactly what Adam and I had to do. And we had to get really clear on defining what does having it all mean to us So don't ask that question of the world and do not look at the world and go, oh, well, I want to have it all. And that means, you know, a career, a big house, you know, a dog, two kids, a certain car, this many holidays. No, I mean, I think that's the fastest way to send yourself into burnout, not enoughness, anxiety, 
all those things overwhelm because it's not even your goal. And I think that's something we all need to take more responsibility for. Whose goal are we chasing? Whose idea of success are we chasing? Whether it's in terms of relationship, business, life, anywhere. And that was some deep questions that Adam and I needed to ask ourselves. Like, what does having it all mean to us? What does it actually look like? And what are our values really helped us to get that clear? And we call it our relationship vision. You know, we now do that at least once a year, if not twice a year, where we sit down and we do our own visions so we know what we're working towards, but we bring it together and do a relationship vision. You know, you do a mission for your business. We have a mission for our relationship or a focus for our relationship for that six months or a year. We then have specific goals that match that vision. We have specific values that match that vision, qualities that we need to embody, um, and then things we need to let go of because there's some often things that we need to let go of that are getting in the way of what we want. So I think that's the biggest thing um, with having it all and that has actually helped me is getting really clear on what does having it all mean to me? What does that really mean to me? And at the moment in my life, that means integrating it all. That means blending. Like, you know, I have a business which I love, but I am also present with my kids. One of my kids um, is needing to be homeschooled. So, you know, I'm homeschooling him in between it all. It doesn't look like traditional school. It doesn't look like lots of other people homeschool. It looks like the way I've decided I want our homeschooling to look. And, um, you know, and that's the same with running my home. I don't look at other people's homes or look at other people's families and go, oh, I need to run my home like this. I look inside and go, how do I need to run my home so that everybody in my house has their needs met? And that starts with me meeting my needs. 100%. You know? So um, I think you have to really ask those questions, dig deeper in yourself, stop looking outside, turn inwards and get really clear on what having it all means to you and sit down with your partner and have that deeper conversation of like, you know, not just like, what do you want? What holidays do you want? Like go deeper. Like what is life about for you? What, what like lights your soul on fire? What, what frustrates the hell out of you? You know, what's really challenging? What do you find just so frustrating about our life? What are your biggest fears? You know, and once we know all of that, you know, we can build around it. So one thing like that you probably get all the time and we will go to the other part of the question, but uh, I thought this would be a great way to segue into this question is that a lot of women are saying like my partner doesn't want to do it. Like mm. I want to, I want our relationship to better, but they don't want to sit down. They think it's fine. You know, how do you, I know what I would say, but how do you get these women to get their partners on board yeah well we're all on a different journey this is really common it's not a unique problem it's a common problem um statistically it shows that women 80 percent of the time will bring the challenges in the relationship because we are more intuitive you know we've been society it, society kind of says we nag and whatever the truth is we're more intuitive so we can often feel that there's something off in the home or in the relationship before it actually happens. So that's why women bring it up because they can feel it. Men, genu- gen- you know, generally speaking, if they haven't done the work to really connect to their intuition, are a bit more logical. 
So they can say things like, okay, we've had kids. It's normal that we're not talking and we're not being intimate. Um, I'm working all these hours. It's totally normal that we're not talking and communicating. Um, And they can justify it with logic. But (laughs) even when you justify it with logic, so you're in your head and you're just making sense of it all, if you drop down into your heart, you still feel like the logic isn't enough. And that's because there is more than just our logical mind. You know, we need to come back to our hearts and that's a big part of what we teach. And really, I think one of the biggest takeaways we get as feedback from men and women is coming back to their heart. And Mm -hmm. it sounds so simple, but it's actually so profound and so many people are disconnected from their heart. They're not in a relationship from their heart. They're in a relationship from their mind. And the heart is where you find love, compassion, forgiveness, understanding, um, all those things that we actually need for a relationship to work. So what I always suggest is let them be where they are. You have to be able to allow your partner to be on their own journey. If you feel there is something you want to work on in the relationship, you need to see that as your calling. It does not mean it's your fault. There is nobody to blame and it is a waste of time playing that blame game. We all have a part to play when things fall apart or or stop working. And I think it's a waste of time trying to work out who who was at fault. It doesn't matter. That's not, we're not even solving the actual problem when we get into that, we're on the surface. So, and this was true for Adam and I. So that's how deeply I believe this because when we were having challenges three years ago, it was me intuitively that could feel this big disconnect after we had my daughter. Um, um, yeah, she was, I think my son was almost three, two and a half. And um, then we had my daughter. And I noticed this this feeling of just a big gap between us that I hadn't noticed before. Um, we'd had challenges before, but this felt very different. There was a big disconnect. It felt like we were drifting apart. And I really feared that we were growing apart. And um, there was very little connection, very little communication, and the intimacy didn't have that same um, that same deep connection. And we weren't understanding each other. It, there was a lot of against each other. We mm. weren't working as a team. It was. It felt like all we were talking about was the shopping, who's picking the kids up, who's cleaning the house. It became very much like roommates and just lacking that connection and then there was no joy there was no fun um and it was having two kids like two young kids is also really stressful it's trying to put them to bed who's gonna do the nappy who's gonna get up who's gonna do all of that and it does it's hard it does and it's statistically it is the hardest time for couples after having kids so it's a very real thing like the the sleep deprivation the demands of this little person you stop meeting your needs so it feels virtually impossible to meet the needs of the relationship because you're meeting the need all these needs of the kids and this is where it comes back to changing that priority system which I'll go into as well which we had to learn to do um but it is, it's so challenging. And what I think makes it even more challenging is nobody talks about it. And like you said, we do. I do share really raw and vulnerably and real the truth of that like rage and that sadness and all of these feelings that I felt and also all the feelings that my husband felt. He felt a lot of not enoughness. He felt a lot of, you know, I'm not good enough for you and I'll never be good enough. He, he would say all the time, you know, you're never going to be happy. And 
you know, nothing I ever do makes you happy. And hearing those things really hurts when you're in a relationship with somebody. And I know women hear this all the time because they reflect it back to me that that's exactly what's happening in my life. And it's really hurtful. And if we can get past the surface of like who's doing the right thing, who's doing the wrong thing and whose fault it is, and we can go deeper, there's emotional needs that are not being met. And that's where we need to get into the heart. And we just need to get to the truth of what is really going on. And that's the place that we ended up getting to. I ended up getting just so frustrated with trying to talk about it and it turning into an an argument. You know, I'm quite a, like you, a quite a... um, assertive, strong, independent woman. I've got no problem speaking up for myself. And um, that would sometimes cause challenges in my relationship because I had been kind of conditioned and shown that if you have a problem, you bring that problem and you just like get it all out on the table. Whereas my husband had been taught the more of the argument style of putting it under the rug. So, you know, anything that's a problem, don't let anybody see that. Just get that all under the rug. Um, mm. So I'm like, you know, chucking everything on t- on the table and he's putting it all under the rug. Like it felt impossible to solve problems. It felt like we were never resolving anything. And when I learned more about these different argument styles and how, you know, I was more of the aggressive, you, you know, people listening, maybe you might be more passive aggressive. You might be very sarcastic um, and it's all a joke, but it's not really a joke because we're not getting to the truth. Or maybe you're the, you know, the so-called peacemaker who doesn't say Mm. anything, which is actually the worst thing ever because you're just harboring it all and all that energy is in you and it leaks out. And even though it's not coming out in words, it's coming out in energy, you know, like silent treatment, stonewalling, closing your heart. You know, when we close, we cannot resolve anything. We have to stay open. We have to learn to keep our hearts open and it's uncomfortable but it leads to a solution. Closing just closes all doors. There's never an answer. So, you know, we had to go through that process and I was doing it the way I'd been taught until I just decided, look, that's not working. I want to do something different. I'm just going to completely open to this. I'm going to get off the surface and I'm just going to go deeper. And I love going deeper. So I just decided I'm going to go deeper with him, whether he's, you know, whether he's ready for it or not. And I'm just going to be with whatever comes up. And so I said to him, I'd learned, I'd been learning a bit about cacao. And I said to him, I'd love to sit with, with you. And at night, once we put the kids to sleep, I just want to connect with you. I want to deeply connect with you. I miss you. And he was like, wow, well, this is different. You're not saying we need to talk. There's a problem. This feels better. Um, because that obviously is not very effective. I learned that the hard way. Um, and he was like, actually, I, I want to connect with you too. What's this cacao stuff? And he thought it was just like hot chocolate. So, um, yeah, I prepared it one night and um, we sat down and, and I said, like, the intention is just for us to deeply connect and just to be here with each other. We, if you want to share anything, share what's on your heart, share what's on your mind. Um, I'm not here to fix. We're not here to judge each other. Not even here to just even react to whatever you say. It's just a space for us to just be like to be validated in whatever we're feeling, for you to feel seen, heard, understood, appreciated. I want you to feel that deep connection with me. And that was the only intention. I didn't know what was going to happen or unfold, but I really had that intention and so did, so did my husband. So we sat together and um, it was incredible. 
it was incredible from the moment of having the first sip and having that intention first his mind was blown because he was like it's not actually hot chocolate I do actually feel different because it has um you know it's got lots of calcium and magnesium and does have benefits to help you get into your heart and like open up all your blood vessels so that you're not so restricted and he felt that he was very resistant very in his head very closed so he could feel this opening happening and he was like wow this is amazing I actually feel open and he hadn't felt open to me in a long time and and then I said amazing like just share what's on your heart with me and he just started sharing all this stuff and some of it was really vulnerable some of it I had never heard before because I was only asking him the question of like how are you how was your day that kind of thing so it was always surface level and I didn't understand what he was holding inside of himself on a deeper level but when I created that space to be there for him in that I felt instantly more connected to him, instantly closer. Our communication instantly went deeper and he felt the same. And and I then opened up in the same way. And just without us even responding to what each of us was sharing, there was healing taking place because the layers were coming off, the masks were coming off. We were turning inwards and sharing that with each other with no judgment at all. It was just unconditional love like what you have for your children. And we don't tend to extend that to our partners. And I think this is one of the biggest problems. Mm -hmm. And that's what we did in that moment. And it changed our relationship. We then met in that kind of um, cacao ceremony intentionally every night for a year. And it completely changed our relationship. That is amazing. Yeah. it's And I really recommend finding something like that. You know, if you're not into trying cacao, use tea and just have the intention. I mean, the cacao is a really powerful tool, but just the intention. We live in a world that really we have intention deficit um, deficit order. That's Mm -hmm. what we have. We're not intentional about any of our connections, any of our communication or anything we do. So that's why we feel so disconnected all the time. And bringing that intention back to our relationship was, was a game changer for us. And And I then went deeper and asked deeper questions. You know, as the cacao ceremonies went on, I would ask questions like, you know, what does success mean to you? And the answer that came out was totally different than when he was answering from his head. And those answers or like, what does love mean to you? What does a relationship mean to you? I was not in myself. I was seeking to understand him and what it meant to him. Mm -hmm. I was going into his world. And it then made so much sense. Like I then understood why he was showing up the way he was, what, like why we were in the situation we were because of his beliefs around what these certain things meant. And then when I shared my beliefs, which were very different, we had this like epiphany, these moments of like breakthroughs and being like, wow. So it's not the thing on the surface. It's that we have this different meaning of this same thing. And it's like we're playing the same game, but with different rules. And we're not sharing the rules with each other. So we can never win. So, Mm -hmm. you know, sharing that understanding or that meaning of what things mean to you, because we all create a different meaning. Nobody has the same meaning to anything. You know, there's a dictionary meaning, and then we all create our own meanings. From our own beliefs. Yeah, and then we don't share them with each other. And in a relationship, I think it's important that you do share them with each other because it takes you off the surface, you go deeper, you have that understanding, and then you get to ask that question, like, is this really true? Is this really serving our relationship? 
is it working for you? Is it working for me? And that's what we did in those those moments and realised a lot of those meanings were not serving us. They were meanings we'd inherited, you know, mm. generationally, conditionally. And then we decided, well, what if we just created a new meaning? What if we redefined what love or relationships means to us or even success so that we feel like we can have it all now? And then we just slowly started to do that. And it was actually fun. It was enjoyable. There was laughter. There was love. There was just this deeper understanding. Every human being wants to feel understood. Yep, and heard. They want to feel heard. So I know that some people would still be like, but my partner still wouldn't even sit with me. Um, And your podcast is The Worthy Woman is yes. it's the worthy woman? So yes, woman. something yeah. that I that's definitely transformed my relationship, like one hundred percent. Like Ben and I have been through so much. We've worked together. We've worked very poorly together. Um, we have really reinvented our relationship, and a lot of it, a lot of our relationship stuff, was from us being unhealed mm. ourselves. So yeah, and what a relationship are. looks we, like. We, and, we all are. Yeah, we all yeah. are. So, you know, we can bring, like, we can have these insecurities because of something that happened to us when we were children that mm. we are playing out daily. So one of the things that's helped me the most, and I think it's what you teach as well, is that, you know, you have to, if you want something to change, you have to go first. Like, if your partner wants something to change... They will yeah. do it like at the end of the day and unfortunately, but fortunately, sometimes the women are, like you said, more intuitive. Yeah. They want more. They realise that, okay, we've been sold this dream. It's not fucking the dream. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm done. This is not what I've signed up for, you know, and yeah. so I'm going to do something be, about it. You know, it's probably somebody else's dream but it's not yours. And, exactly. And, and that is so exactly what happened. So we did the cacao ceremonies and he was happy to do that. Um, but the actual work, a lot of that started with me. Yeah. Um, because, and this does happen a lot of the time. Like you said, it was, I felt it, that mess was my message. It was my mission. So I was the one who was seeing it all and feeling it all. So I didn't wait for him. I don't believe in waiting. Like, yes, he was happy to do cacao ceremonies, but once that ended, I remember saying to him, okay, you know, I really want to experience the truest expression of me and I really want to experience the truest and deepest expression of you. And he was like, yeah, I feel the same. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go on a journey to uncovering that in myself. Um, you can join me on it, but and, and I would love you to join me on it, but I'll also support you, love and accept you if, if you don't want to because I understand that I cannot... You, I cannot change you. You cannot change anybody. I, I don't have control of you. I only have control over myself. For me, I'm being called on this journey and I would love for you to come with me. And that's how I shared it with him. And he wanted to come with me, but he had so much resistance and he just had so much fear. Mm-hmm. If your partner is not um, facing the challenges in your relationship, they're probably not facing the challenges in lots of areas in their life because how you do one thing is how you do everything. So they're probably ignoring the finances, you know, not dealing with um, their health, you know, lots of things. So it's not just you, it's every area. And Adam was the same. He was very resistant, not just towards me, but in every area. He was, um, you know, quite delusional about things. And that 
was his protection mechanism. And when you're protecting, it makes it very hard to connect because you're closing. You're closing to opportunities. You're closing to learning, all those things. And Adam was doing all of that because when you tend to live from your logical mind or your ego mind, you do tend to Mm -hmm. do that. It's the heart that will help you open. And that's why I said, you know, it's really important that you get into your heart. And I think a lot of people do personal development from their head. And that's what Adam did. So they never really fully break through because to break through, you need some emotion and you need to get into your heart. Um, You know, it it doesn't happen from the head. The head will, the the ego mind is there designed to protect you. It will create limitations. It will look for problems. It will help you to try and avoid them. That's not helpful when you're trying to grow. You know, um, your heart will help you lean in and crack open to them. So he, you know, he, he was like, yeah, I'd love to, but he then didn't take the steps. I was the one that did the courses, read the books, um, did the coaching because it was a mission on my heart and I knew I was worthy of what I wanted. And I remember saying to him, I would love you to come on this journey with me. I don't know where it's leading and I, don't, I didn't know whether we were going to stay together. I didn't do this to just stay in the yeah. relationship. That was not my goal. My goal first was to find the truest, deepest part of myself. So it was with me first and if he wanted to join me on the journey, that was amazing. But I think that's what it, we need to take our power 100%. back. We need to stop blaming and waiting because that in itself is a limited And I belief. think as well, I, I'm, I'm going to cut in there, but um, a lot of women, they feel like they're not worthy of doing the work as well. Like we're like... I can't spend the money on myself. I'm not working. He's working, blah, blah, blah. And I know for myself, like I went through that point. So after I sold my business, um, I was really lost, like so lost, like can't even explain. And obviously then I suppressed that lost feeling by going down all different rabbit holes of what's going on in the middle of COVID. So that was an interesting time. But when I kind of got out of that fog and I was like, all right, who the fuck am I? What am I doing here? I'm not here just to be a mum as much as I am. I've got so much life experience. And I was like, I need help. Like there's obviously blocks here that are stopping me. I'm not happy. Like the reality was I was actually probably very, very, very depressed. And I didn't realize like how much life I just it was always the facade being happy being smiley being the light blah 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 but really when I went down to it I actually was really struggling to function and yeah I was like I need help and I inquired about this coach and it was like so much more than I could have ever thought and I was like fuck like this is really expensive and then I was like and then when I told my husband how expensive it was he was like no, like straight away. He was like, no. And I was like, okay. Like it really triggered me. And then I was like, no, I'm actually fucking worth it. Like, because we had invested in some gold and a tiny little bit of gold, like a tiny bit was like $8,000, like 10, a hundred grams was $8,000. I looked at the piece of gold and I said, I'm fucking way more expensive. Like most of you guys have an engagement ring, right? If, if you're married, yeah. your engagement ring, what you're telling me that your engagement ring's worth more than your soul expression, the person that you are here to be like, yeah. fuck yeah. off. Like, it's, and when yeah. it's, <sighs> it, it just, it breaks my heart because to me, your worth is not found in exactly. 
your worth is found in who you are and who you're being. And that's something that, and so for me, I've always invested in myself because I value that so highly. And I know that I'm actually my greatest asset and the investment that will always pay me back. My husband has invested in so many things that never paid him back. So he knows that he's now learned the lesson. I've had to let him make lots of mistakes um, to realize that the greatest investment is exactly and he learned that the hard way he was always investing outwards people are so comfortable to invest and I think a lot of men do this a lot of men do it it's like like, they're like oh I need to figure out like and I keep teaching this I keep honing down this I need to figure out what I want to do for the business no 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 you don't need to worry about what you want to do you need to worry about who the fuck you are and who you're going to be showing up as every single day you need to yeah and Adam had to learn this the hard way. He did so many things. You know, I I tend to, when I invest in myself, it's the inner work. 100%. Um, I now do have business coaches, but I did the inner work first because I know that I'm the foundation. 100%. So if my foundation is not solid, it doesn't matter what I build on top of that. 100%. Um, whereas my husband was the opposite way. He was always doing the stuff on the outside. This is going to be the thing. This is going to be the thing. No, you are the thing. 100%. And this is what we all need And to I remember, remember as well, even having the gym too, they'd be like, I have to ask my husband it's like no like no yes you 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 do to a point you guys have to be mutual on but it's not asking your husband like will you say yes to this it's like I remember coming back to my husband being like do you know how upset that made me that you're telling me that I'm not worthy of investing in myself and he was like look I actually was thinking about that like if you feel that it's the right thing and you feel that you need to do something of course I'll support you. And I think it's about you. Like it's, it was until I felt worthy in investing in myself It is that I was like, hang the fuck on, man. Like just because you work does not give you this hierarchy. I look after the children. We are creating the future humans that are going to take this, our bloodline forward. Who are we? Yeah, and still a job. Mother it's a fucking still a job. job. We don't get and... paid. Oh, sorry, I'm worth yeah. absolutely nothing. Like, oh, I want to go away for the weekend. Oh no, you can't. Uh-uh. Yeah, no, I've I've always and my mum did teach me this because she supported in my dad's business, but she always said, "You're worthy." You're doing a job at home. The only reason they can work is because hundred percent. This it's a team. It's a team and um, and I even, we, you know, we, I've always been open to swapping. You know, I went and worked more and Adam was more in the home. He doesn't want to be a stay-at-home dad after doing that, you know. Like sometimes you've got to give them a taste of the medicine, don't even waste your words and just let them experience it and then they know they get it because you get it very quickly. You know, going to work is a lot easier than being at home. 100%. Being the hardest job I've ever done. Is being oh, mum. I um, remember when it's my taken more from me than anything. I remember ever. when this one mum came into the gym, like, and I had like we had two businesses. At, oh no, it was just one at the time, and she, and it was like booming. And I was like, she's like, oh, you know, the hardest job that you'll ever do is be a mum. I'm like, bullshit. I'm like, you don't understand. I've got all the stress of the overheads of the business. I've got staff. I've got all these members. I've got all these things. My husband's just quit his job to work in the business. And I was like, well, my boyfriend, which fucking, we got engaged the minute that he walked into my business, which was the best day of my life, then turning to the worst day of my life going, what the fuck did I just do? (laughs) 
anyway, um, yeah, I she said to me, like, being a mum, and I'm like, nah, you, I was, like, smiling and nodding, trying to not be so fucking arrogant, you know, like, oh, yeah, okay, you think you know, but you don't, like, and then all of a sudden I'm but you can't know until you go through it and you go through it. And that's what happened to me. I became a mum and it it broke me, but it oh. made me. You know, it was it, it, it's been the making of me. And it, the level of compassion and non-judgment and love and unconditional love that I have found since becoming a mum, not just for my children, but for 100%. other women and other people is just incredible. And it's just, yeah, I think... It, yeah, it's the most incredible thing I've ever experienced and I would have more children because of it because it's just such a, you know, you do go through a rebirth. I definitely found my power every time I gave birth and I think, you know, it doesn't have to be birth but for women who don't believe they're worthy, you need to look at the things you've overcome in your life and remind yourself of the power that 100%. is within you. You have, you have a life force energy, you have a power and I know you know, three years ago, I was probably trying to influence my husband too much from my masculine. I had to learn a lot about coming to my feminine and realizing how much more powerful I am at influencing him from my feminine. And like, when and for I'm, those that haven't listened, I'm, necessarily heard this, because for me, this was a pivot, like legitimately yeah, learning about my ma- feminine and masculine kind of energies. It yeah. literally changed my life. Like, yeah. I remember when I first was learning about the feminine masculine, this was like, you know, 10 years ago and it was at a Tony Robbins event, the Date With Destiny, and this was the yeah. first time I kind of got introduced to it. And I was wondering why I was feeling so – I was literally feeling off all the time. I always felt super anxious. I never really mm-hmm. felt settled in my body at all. This was when I was working my ass off. I was – I actually was like really competitive against men and I, I remember being really strong and really athletic and obviously I used to own a gym, so – but I used to train with this guy. He used to call me alpha female. And because I was like, I'm going to squat heavier than those guys. I'm going to look at how many chin-ups I can do. Like I was like, I'm going to be more successful. I'm going to make more money. Like it was all against men. Like it was crazy. Anyway, so he goes, he goes, I want all the most feminine women to come on this stage and dance. Do you remember this part? And we had a buddy and my my buddy that had done the course before, she's like, oh, I was like, I actually want to go up. Like I, I was like, I actually, I think I am feminine. I really want to go up. And she was like, okay, we'll go up. Like da da da. And I was like, oh my god. Like and I was feeling so nervous and like really like, ee, like oh my gosh. Like this like strong powerhouse woman's like really nervous and like wants to dance and have fun. And I was like, this yeah. is the woman that has been missing out. We get on stage and there are women like trying to like sedote, like just being like super feminine where they were just trying to, you know, overcompensate. I'm feminine. Look at my body. Look at the way that I move. And then there was us in like, you know, there was a couple of others like just dancing and just having fun and it was like in this like innocent play. And he was like, you girls are the feminine ones. This one is masculizing and she's trying to control and we were just having fun and it really just made me realize how much, I've been robbing myself of having to control everything, having to be everyone to everyone, having to tell him, my husband wants to do, how, why are we not working our relationship? Let's talk about it. And especially I think something that people have gone through with personal development is that if you've gone through the heady type personal development, not the soul kind of personal, heart personal development, 
you're always trying to fix something like you're broken it's like you're fixing something and then again you're going into your relationship and trying to fix it all the time like what's wrong with us let's talk about it let's do this let's do that if only I had surrendered and been like I'm really sad. Like I'm actually really sad that we are fighting so much. I'm actually really sad that we can't get our shit together and I love you and I just want it to work. And I'm actually really that sad that I think that we could actually break up and like, I, I don't want that. That opens up a heart more than we're not going to get this done and blah, 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 blah. But anyway, talking about the feminine masculine, it's, but it is, it's it's coming back to the feeling. Like what you did there was talking from the feeling. I am feeling this. When you're from the mind, it is just the, the ego mind just wants to solve problems. So it's so fix it. And that it just that works in some areas of life, but we overvalue it. You know, we need to come back to our hearts, especially in our relationships, especially in our parenting. Um, and coming back to your heart will help you get closer to your feminine. And that is the thing. Like I always say, the feminine is not what you think it is. Like it's not what we're shown. It's not the makeup. It's not the dance moves. It's it's none of those things on the outside. It's a connection to you on the inside. And that's what you felt. It's it's a part of you that you haven't been exploring, a part of you you've been rejecting and abandoning and neglecting. And it's a part of you that wants to be tended to. And it's there whether you think you're feminine or not. Everybody has masculine Men as well. <laughs> People think, oh, Men no. And, well. and I yeah. no, everybody has. And saying that fix-it mentality too, men are like... Men are the most, I would say as well, very mistreated as well. And they are very like, you know, as children, a lot of boys are brought up to, to be hard, to be hard. And, you know, if you cry, you're weak and that creates such, I think as well as women need to come to our partners with compassion and love. Like Mm. these poor little boys, they create all these beliefs when they were children because of how their parents were or how their dad was towards them and now they're working out that oh shit like my dad's either dead because he didn't look after himself and now I've got to figure out how the fuck to be a man or two they are severely overweight alcoholics or not loving themselves or they're just they're amazing and I don't really know many men that can really wholeheartedly say that they were brought up with a a beautiful, wholehearted, masculine man. So this is yeah. like where there's a there's a lot of the wounding. There's a lot of masculine wounding. There's a lot of feminine wounding. There's sister wounds. There's there's so much, and it is our you know it's not our fault that any of this happened, but it is our responsibility to do the healing, and that's each and every one of us. And I I just see it as a responsibility as a human being here at this time you know, we need to do that healing for ourselves. And firstly, it is for ourselves. You know, I've I've had lots of that wounding. So did my husband. And through this deeper inquiry, we found those wounds. And, you know, we've had to do a lot of inner child work and a lot of reparenting and really just facing the truth and seeing the truth of what's there at the core, not just on the surface. You know, so many of us just get stuck on the surface. And I know that's convenient, but relationships are not They're convenient. Not. You know, Get get a robo vacuum. That's convenient. Like buy things Sometimes for your house. Sometimes the robo vacuum can yeah. be convenient. It was literally running away from me <laughs> while I was trying to turn it on. 
Um, but, but you know, when it comes to your relationships, don't expect them to be convenient. Nobody has children because they're convenient. Nobody gets into a relationship because it's convenient. It's meant to be an inconvenience. It's what is going to crack you open to find more parts of yourself and your partner. And there's the love and connection that we have now. Our life isn't perfect. We're still working things out. You're going to be working things out forever. I don't even think the goal is to have your shit together. I think it's just to be able to work through it together. Whatever is coming up that we can work through it together and that we're going to literally lean in. We're going to lean in and move towards and open our hearts to each other instead of turning away, closing and really moving um, away from each other and pushing against each other, which is what we tend to do when things aren't working from the mind. We want someone to blame. We want someone to, you know, push against when we don't need to do that. If we can come back to the heart, we can see the truth. And there's always something in there for us. There's always a lesson. You know, a lot of these challenges, I get that they're hard. I've had plenty of them. Um, but there's mm-hmm. gifts in there. It's it's shitty wrapping paper, 100%. We go through things that just suck. And I really wish we didn't have to go through those things. But it's often that pain that has a really powerful purpose. And there's something in that for you. There's a gift in there. There's something that is going to help you move forward. And you, it may look different on the outside to what you thought. It was the same for me. I never thought that I would question divorce in my relationship. And it was a really hard time. But I actually wouldn't change it because the woman I am, the, the things I learn about myself, the deeper connection I have with my partner – the way we can now communicate on this deeper level and that we can see each other as souls, we can connect to our hearts, I would go through that again mm-hmm. for this, 100%. This has it is been 100% worth it. And, you know, we've been together 19 years. I don't know if we'll be together forever. No one knows what will happen. But I do know now that I'm always connecting from this place of truth. And so as we evolve, as we grow... I know that I won't have any regrets because I haven't left anything on yeah. the table. I've I've gone all in with my whole heart and soul. I've done the work and I'm continuing to do the work. I will never stop doing the work because I I know that I'm here to keep growing. And so that means I have to participate in that. There's going to be some unlearning. There's going to be some, you know, relearning. There's going to be some healing. And that's just part of the human yeah. experience. And I think if we can just adopt that and stop coming from a place of not enoughness and that comes back to the radical self-acceptance. I adopted having radical self-acceptance as well as radical self-responsibility and learning how to love myself on that deeper level so that I could love my husband on that deeper well, level yeah. because how you're relating to yourself is how you yeah, relate definitely. to them. So if you're controlling you, if you're criticising you, you'll be doing it to them um, and then it really just comes back to if you have a problem in your relationship, heal something 100%. In you. That's what I always heal say to people, you, stop you know? blaming your partner. Like your partner is your mirror. Yeah, take take power your power back. back work yeah. on yourself. It is so transformational. What you'll see is how they transform by you yeah. putting yourself first. 100%. 100%. Like uh, I've, had a, I've had a client like really having issues with her husband and I'm like, man, I think the first thing is all you've got to do is just work as on well, you. and also be like okay if it doesn't work. Like stop having this like yeah yeah. And like I, I had to really just but feel into the grief. Don't bypass. I had to feel the grief of yeah, what it I was going to be like. If like okay, well, 
I've got to feel like this relationship can end and I need to stop holding on to it like with this toxic bond and fully yeah. release it. And when I fully yes. released our relationship and said, yeah. okay, well, you know what, I'm, I'm okay to leave this relationship. I'm going to be okay. Um, I don't want yeah. to, but I'm fully okay with it. That's when things really start to change because I was like, I'm worth more. I, I'm worth more. Yeah, and and you're letting go. You're not strangling yeah. the energy. Women often hold on for too long and that's what the masculine is there to teach us is to let go. And I did. I had to let go. And But I didn't bypass my yeah. feelings. I went into all the pain and suffering. I went into the darkness and I sat with it and I realised that I could get back yeah. up afterwards, that I wasn't yes. going to die. And I know your your ego mind will think you're going to die. And that's why it keeps protecting um, you. It's like strong. let's not move to the next level because yeah. if we move to the next level, these, there's an unknown. And I think one of the things that's yes. helped me in my transformational story is just like feeling the unknown and what it tells your subconscious yes. mind. It goes, oh, I didn't die, so I'm going to like stop protecting you from doing that. So feel yeah. into like the yeah. full-on fear of like people not liking you if you get separated, doing all these things, like just yeah. feel all of it and then be like, okay, cool. It's not, it's not going to be that bad. Like this is how many people have left their yeah. partners. Well, you realise it's it's an And then you go, <laughs> it's like, it's I may as well look after me real. at the end of the day. It's, it's, yeah. it's freaking life-changing. So, And you do. You do have to look after you. The one thing that I did mention that I would say was about how we changed our priority system and – I had to put myself first. After having kids, I did fall into that trap of putting myself last, became resentful, was exhausted, doing everything for everybody, but just so angry on the inside. And I had to face that I was doing that myself. My husband wasn't standing there with this list of like, Aston, this is your expectations. I was putting those expectations on myself and then blaming him or blaming my kids or blaming everybody else, saying that they'd put all these expectations on my shoulders. But that was not the truth. I had to own the truth that I was doing Mm -hmm. this to myself. And so I stopped. And that was empowering to realize, okay, well, I just need to decide that I can put myself first. And yes, my ego mind was scared at first. I had all those stories, like I can't rest until everything's done. Everything's going to fall apart. Nothing will get done. I'm the only one that can do it. I had all of those stories, but I decided to break up with them because they were not serving me. They were costing me my health, my joy, my relationships. I couldn't even be the mum I wanted to be because of that. And I decided that I was going to break up with it. So instead of choosing perfection, I chose authenticity. And that meant that I would show up messy sometimes and, you know, not perfect and that I would need to be okay with that. And the more I did that, the more I realized I was okay. And what I realized is I remember saying to my husband, I realized that I have not been receiving myself. I have not been giving myself what I need and that is why I'm struggling to give you what you need and the kids what they need. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put myself first and give myself what I need. It's going to mean that I'm going to be doing a bit less around here, not because I don't care, because I actually care so much. I want to give you the best wife, the best mum that I can possibly be and putting myself last is the worst. Most of the time I wasn't even on the list. I can't even. Uh, yeah, do that. I got so, and he yeah, agreed. And I got, you know, he hundred. And one agreed. of our, um, I, I've my mentor at the moment. She's like Belinda. Like, if you want people to give to you, you've got to give to you. Like, how do you expect 100%. people to give to you? How do you expect your husband to be like? 
oh my God, you're so beautiful, blah, blah, blah. If you look at yourself in the mirror and be like, I'm fucking ugly, I look like shit, you don't do anything for yourself. Like it's it's just crazy. So anyway, let's segue. I think we've got, I think, guys, I think you've got the point. It's you've got to work on you, put yourself first, stop blaming your partner, see them as an example and be open to actually helping them yeah, through okay. their stuff as well and not being so like because let me tell you all of your husbands and I'm I, I do 100% believe this they're probably feeling really not good enough I would feel that that's yeah. oh, I would say that most of them is, are it's a common thing that we feel that we see working with couples a lot of the men have the not a not good enough story um and we're feeding into it by saying we don't even realize we're doing it and that broke my heart that I was actually literally poking this wound that he had um when I really saw that it it broke my heart because that's the last thing I wanted to do so you know I needed to accept myself first love myself first put myself first so that I could then do that for him and he loves it now when I look after myself he will say when he leaves the house for work I know you've got a long lot on today babe but please nourish yourself please look after yourself he loves seeing me nourished and full because he knows that when I'm nourished and full that I'm loving towards him and also he thinks like he um he feels like a hero he's like I'm a I'm a great man my wife is nourished and full that that's part of his purpose he loves seeing me like that and I love seeing him being able to empty you know women need to fill, fill up and men need to empty they have so much inside of them and we are not giving them the space and the time and the safety too empty and that's what the cacao ceremonies were for us my husband could empty and then from that he realized well actually you know, he loved seeing me put myself first. And he said to me, through your journey, you've inspired 100%. me. 100%. It's all. He said, I am inspired by you. Yeah. And he was like, I'm realizing I'm not looking after myself. I'm not doing the things I need to do. And that's why I can't be and present sometimes, with the because I'm resentful. And see, this has been the, the issue with us too, because when I started putting myself first, it was triggering my husband. Now, the triggers aren't that yes, bad. Because, He's like, oh, well, yeah. you do this and you do that. I said, well, you're not. Because I. Because you I want to, to. and and I've never said no to you, honey. Like you, I want you to do your thing. What do, what you, do need? you need? And yeah, and it's crazy though that we need this permission. And Adam and I now practice. We don't say how are you. We say what do you need, babe? What do you need, babe? Like we support each other. If I see him stressed, I'm not like why are you stressed? Blah blah blah. I'm I'm more like hey, babe, what do you need? And that's so beautiful. And he, he'll be like. And he's like, oh, thanks, babe. Like, he's like, can I just go do a quick 20-minute breath work? I'm like, yes, go and do it. Whereas in the past, I would have been like, no, you can do this and blah, 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 and push through from my masculine. But he was useless to me. He was useless. He would walk around the house like a lemon because, he, you know, just not knowing what to do because he wasn't in his body. He hadn't given us what he needed. So we, we do that for each other now. He will say to me, what do you need? go and have it because we know that when we come back we can be what we need for each other and for the kids if we first be what we need for ourselves and sometimes we need that permission slip we don't need it yeah but, sometimes you know, we've yeah we've all been conditioned to be good, good little girls good and girls boys. and good boys so i'm going to transition um, this now into yeah. more business side we've we've gone on yes. for a long time i think the girls are going to absolutely love this and the men um yeah, it's all business anyway. It's your relationship it is. to everything. It is, your relationship so, to everything. Relation, relationships are and everything. Honestly, so. like 
I believe that your relationships, like if they're not good, your whole life isn't great. Like, and it's unresolved. Hard. You can have the money, yeah, the but house, if you don't have great relationships, everything. unresolved relationships, yeah. resentment, and this is not just intimate relationships, your partner or your husband, like this is friendships. Like if you can't yes. be open, you can't allow your friends in to you and who you truly are as well. You're not going to be able to feel that real deep connection that you can have as friends as well. But I want to talk about this whole premise is that your mess is your message and how you turned your mess into your message and really thought, okay, I can see a need here. Like if if we're going through these relationship troubles and especially like I read on your, your website, like everyone says it's just normal. It's normal to have not have yeah. sex much. It's normal to do X, Y, and Z. It's like, yeah. fuck normal. Like, this is sucks. Like, is this really what I'm teaching my kids? Like, my biggest motivation is my kids. Like, I'm like, I'm a woman and I'm getting, like, my boys are probably going to choose someone very similar to me. Do Who am I showing up as? Well, that's what we would I be? Do. Would I be yeah, happy if my boys were being bossed around like I used to boss Ben around? Like, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to get really real 100%. with yourself, and we did. We had to ask ourselves those questions, like, would we want our kids to be in a relationship like ours? And we're all doing the best we can, but at that time, our answer was no. So we knew, okay, well, we can do better. And yeah, I really, in the beginning, I've I've always just loved helping and serving, and I love deep connections. So in the beginning, I really just started sharing because I love the truth. Mm. Surface level conversation. I don't want to talk about the weather, anything. I want to know what's on your heart. I want to know what you've overcome. I'm one of those old souls that's here for those deep heart chats. So I I really just started sharing because I wanted to share my heart and I I wanted to really attract more women or people into my life who actually appreciated that. So I initially just started sharing because it was quite healing and cathartic to stop hiding, to stop dimming my light and stop hiding and just actually be in the truth, which is what I loved. I felt more of myself speaking the truth. I feel more myself and comfortable being vulnerable than I do talking about something that I'm meant to be talking about because that's what we talk about in society. I'm the same. You know, like I feel comfortable in the truth so I decided well I'm just going to show up as one person everywhere I'm not gonna like it was so exhausting being a certain type of mum being a certain person at work being a certain person online in relationship. yeah I just decided I'm just gonna show up as one and then online I'm just gonna show up as one person everywhere and that felt really liberating and exciting and light for me so that's where it started and I love to write so I just started sharing my writing and it was deep it it was emotional there was truth in there and people felt it and related and you know they were reaching out to me and thanking me for sharing the truth they they felt less alone they felt like they could relate I was having people stop me in the shops and be like oh my god I can't believe you shared that are you okay and I was like actually yeah, I'm more than okay. I feel amazing on the other side. Like, I know what you mean. It seems like a bit scary, but the truth is it's so liberating. Like, everything that you want is on the other side so of how the did fear. You... It's just an illusion. And Yeah, go, go. 
yeah, so I just started writing these posts and just sharing our story. And then, and I think from the, and then it just kind of, yeah, and I think from there, people like start to trust you. So, one of the biggest things about building an online business is people need to know like, there's so many people out there, they need to trust you and love you and know that you're not a bullshit artist. You're not just someone that's a relationship coach with a, you know, that has a broken relationship. Like, do you feel that you like, yeah. They need to, they need feel, to feel it. it. And from that, it was organic. Yeah. It was an organic progression for you. Yeah, it was an organic progression. Yeah. I and I'm I've always been like this. I really trust the process and I love the journey. So I didn't go into this with this like plan of this is what I'm doing. And you know, that just did not feel good to me at all. I was open to the journey and still in my business, I'm open to the evolution and the journey. My business is constantly evolving. I'm doing more writing than I thought I was going to be doing, but that's okay. I'm, I'm trusting that. Mm. And I, and I'm going with that evolution. Um, I initially thought that I was only going to be working with couples, but now I'm, and I started mainly working with women um, because they could relate to my story. And just by me sharing with them what I was going through and what we did, it was impacting their relationships and it was having a positive impact because they were showing up differently. And this is the thing, once you shift and change and you stop playing into those patterns, you can't have the same relationship because you're changed. You're a different person. So it only takes one of you to shift the direction of your relationship. This is why if it's calling you, just go first. Be a leader. That's what a leader does. It doesn't wait for the team to be ready. It leads the team. And that's what I did. And so, yeah, I started with women and then it evolved to couples and then my husband kind of naturally came into the business and started sharing his side because the women and some of the men wanted to know his side of what we went through. And we were happy to do that. So he then um, shared a lot of his side as well. Um, And then like what we found is actually, you know, really 80% of it is the woman. If the woman can shift certain things like into her feminine, you know, trusting herself, remembering her worth, loving herself, she has the ability to open it in her partner. This and that's what we're, that's Women what the power is. Energy. We're you know, so magnetic. This is, this is what the power is, you know. We're so magnetic. The fact that you can bring life, like, of course you're the one that bursts a new relationship. You know, the men, yes, they need to meet us in it, but it is always me who is birthing the, the, the shift first. And then my husband is like, oh, and he's pulled into it and he's like, this is amazing. Like, where are you taking me next? You know, I'm the one who is like the journey. Yes, he has direction and you know a goal of where we're going but he loves that I'm here for for the journey and for making that journey feel the best it can um and so really I've been then working with women on that but I just trust the evolution of it I'm this my business is part of me it's not all of me it's not all of my identity but it is part of me and um so I'm trusting that whatever evolution I'm going through in myself I'm bringing yeah 100% and that then takes it on a journey and being and, and not having such set yeah, rules for it like that's I'm yeah you know I have some structure obviously you need to have some freedom you need some structure and I have some structure and being a mum I need some structure I do a lot of batch creating of my content and 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 my work and I have to have set times where I'm doing it and things like that but in the way of like the 
where the business goes. Yes, I have a vision of, you know, where I want to get to. I want to write more books. I want to do more speaking. But I'm just taking the steps towards it organically. And it's unfolding. The more you give, the more you serve, the more you, you know, do it from your heart. You know, I'm really doing business from my heart. And you don't have to be in relationship coaching or self-love to do business from your heart you're a human being, you have a heart, you can bring your heart to anything, whatever you do, bring your heart to it. And I feel that people will trust you more automatically because they can feel It doesn't matter what you were selling, you know, like at the end of the day, when you showed up and you were telling people like, number one, you had to show up, like you wouldn't have this business if people didn't know what you were going through. And I think that's the biggest thing. People got so scared of what people think. So how did you overcome like that? Oh my gosh, like what are people going to think? I care more about what yeah. I think. And how did, and how did you the, get to that the point? the short answer. Well, I've always lived my life like that. I'm not living to prove anything to anybody. I don't need anybody's validation, you know, and if you're struggling with perfectionism, that could be where it's coming from. And really the truth of perfectionism is it's, it's shame. Yeah. You know, it's shame. So you need to do that healing work on that. What are you ashamed of in yourself? What are you rejecting in yourself? What are you not accepting in yourself? When I accepted all, yeah, when I, this is what I mean, it's the inner work. So when I accepted all of me, I definitely have flaws. I'm not perfect and I'm 100% okay with it. I don't pretend I'm not. I'm not delusional about it. I know the stuff I need to work on, um, but I'm doing the work and and I, and I, for me, self-love has two parts and it all does come back to self-worth and self-love. The first part is accepting yourself 100% for who you are. Radical self-acceptance, all of it. You have to be able to accept it. You cannot be rejecting any part, parts of yourself um, or neglecting any parts of yourself and that is a journey. But self-acceptance is the first step. The second part is welcoming who you're becoming and that means making mistakes that means growing that means trying new things that means cracking your heart open um that means doing the hard things so to me I think often people are missing one of the two they're either going really hard on who am I becoming who am I becoming like build on top put everything on top I'm not good enough all that or they're stuck in the other side of oh I love myself and I don't need to change and I just love myself and everything's great I think people are often missing one of those. I've worked on both of those and I think that's why I can step into the arena because I've accepted all of myself but I'm also willing to welcome all these parts of myself that are going to come up and I'm willing to grow. And so that means I, I care more about me and what I think about me than what anyone else thinks about me because I have that level of self love and self trust and I know that this is my life. Yep. So whatever you think about me is none of my business. 100%. It's literally none of my business. And it's a waste of time. It's a waste of energy. I I feel like you're not living your life for yourself if you really yeah. are that concerned about what And I think as well, you've you. got if you've got um, something to share with the world, you're giving your potential. But people, like this is what I teach, is that there are people literally praying at night for something that you have to offer. Like, there would have been so many women going like, how am I going to get out of my like shit? 
basically. Yeah, well, and that's also what helped me. I remember being in so the So that's what I mean. And no it's like on. your, your and mess. Like, why, why is no one here? Why is no one here? I remember thinking and saying, like, where are my people? Who can I learn from? I remember that feeling and I'm, I'm sure that is something that also drove me. I don't want anyone to ever feel that alone that I yeah. felt. And like I shared that I, you know, I, I did share with some people this is what I was going through and the response I got back was this is normal, just kind of get on with it and I was like, don't you care how I feel? I'm like I'm bringing this because I, I cannot just get on with this right now. Like I can't just pretend this isn't happening my whole life and I think with the personal development too when you know that you because you were into it for so long like so many people are numb to the feeling of just yeah unconsciousness like the reality is you're worth more you do not deserve to be in a shitty relationship you do not deserve to have kids that are psychos but a lot like you know you don't deserve any of those things like once you decide that you're worth more your kids will behave you will get better your relationship will get better you will be able to birth that thing if you are so good at something or you've overcome something massive yeah and I think this is something also that helps me overcome it I've just realized I think we talked about it yesterday um I read the book the five regrets of the dying um everybody should read that book because we've basically been told by these people who have gone before us, when you are coming to the end of your life, this is what you're going to be thinking about. And that book is next to my bed and I think about that a lot. At the end of my life, what am I really going to be thinking about? I am not going to be thinking about, I'm so glad I didn't share everything that was on my heart and what I really felt and my truth because of what people thought of me. No, that is not what you're going to be thinking. It's going to be the opposite. It's going to be like, why did I not live my truth? Why didn't I live my life? Why didn't I express myself? Why didn't I stand up for myself? Why didn't I? I can relate to this. So, so when I, when I got the diagnosis that I had thyroid cancer on the way home, like I was driving home, and I had these like three friends from school, and they were always just like I would always just accept that they would crack it at me. I was never going to be, and the, and at the time, like they weren't even talking to me and I was like, I didn't even know why. Like I was just like, what the fuck is this shit? You know, like there was obviously relationship blocks for me. Mm. And I remember driving home from the hospital, like from the, the doctors and being so mad. I'm like, I fully didn't 100% credit, but I've created this. Like why the fuck have I been putting up with so much shit for so fucking long, giving to everybody else. And look at me now, like, look at me, especially because I had done so much work with the body and knowing that your body holds on. Like, so if you guys like think that you can get away with it, you can't get away with anything. Stop fucking pretending that you're, you can sit and be small. And I know that I'm speaking to the high level woman here that she would not be even anywhere. Like if you're through this episode, you are right. And I, you can't ignore shit. Like it is just like absolutely no fucking way. So you're better off calling it as it is, changing your life, not putting up with shit no more, feeling into it and doing the thing, helping people as well. Once you can overcome all of this, like tell me how much joy does it bring you knowing that number one, you're making money. Oh my God. Doing something that you love so, and it's like a dream come true. The, le- 
the level of fulfillment is insane. You know, like I knew it was going to feel good. I didn't know it was going to feel this good. We are all here to impact another life, even if it's one life. Like we, people become people through other people. We are here to make an impact and make a difference. And for me now, going to bed at night, waking up in the morning, knowing that I'm doing that for myself, my husband, my kids, all the women that I'm working with, the couples that we've worked with, then the ripple effect that has, the the articles I've written, the people that it's reached, the way it's helped them to just from one article, I get messages like, I'm going to start doing this with my partner. You know, just, I, I don't even know this person. It's like they're halfway across the world and I'm able to impact them and to help them have a better experience in their relationship. To me, there is no better feeling than that level of service and love. And with the with the internet, with the way the world is now, we have the ability to have that impact so quickly And yes, some people use it in a negative way, but if you are heart-centered and you're doing it from this place of, from your heart, only good can come from it. For you, for them, for everybody. And, And I think there's enough fear in the world. I think we need to be feeding the love and you know, I just, for me, rejection is like a non-thing. I'm like, sometimes I'm going to get rejected and that's okay. Regret to me, the weight of regret is way worse than than any little so bit of I'd love to know. I would much rather come here and, you know, go full out than, than hold 100%. back. And I'm not here to withhold. None of us are here to withhold. That's not no, our natural No, and that's why, you know, um, I was speaking to one of my clients about it, this kind of similar situation um, yesterday. She was having issues with her husband. I said, like, if you think of us women as flowers, like a beautiful rose, and your husband is the bee, the flowers and the bees, the whole sex talk, whatever. But, um, yeah. you know, your husband's not going to want to come to you. He's not going to be magnetised by you. If you're a dead rose, it's drooped. Mm. It's, yeah, you've you have to got desire to desire yourself. yourself. And I think yeah. too, I yeah. think you have become even more magnetic to the mat, like to the masses, to the people you're here for because you're sharing your light. And how much has that like impacted, like say, for example, financially as well, like, by you sharing your truth, by doing the thing that you're meant to be doing, that you know that you're doing, how has that helped you like feel better about yourself, especially knowing that you are providing an income and it doesn't feel like you're yeah. taking away from your family because a lot of people are working just to pay the bills and it takes away from time with their kids. Like how does that feel? Yeah. I, so I have... Like I said, I've always felt valuable because I know my intrinsic value is in me. So even when I wasn't working, I felt valuable. And I really hope women who aren't working adopt that because your value is in not what you're doing. Your worth is in who you are and who you're being. And there's an intrinsic value in you that cannot be bought. So every woman needs to know that. Every human being needs to know that. Um, you don't come here just like you, you're not born and then they're like, you're not valuable until you 100%. Work. That's bullshit. You know, it just doesn't work like that. You know, the value is in you. We need to remember that. So I remembered that. And so I've always felt like I bring a lot to my family and to my relationships because that value is in me. But what I've loved about the business is who I've become. So the the financial rewards are incredible and it does help definitely. And um 
my husband really appreciates it and, you know, it helps the family in that way, but it's who I've become and how that impacts how I show up as a mum, how I show up in my relationship. My husband is so inspired by me. He says to me every day, I just love how you're leaning in and doing all these hard things and learning these things and taking the action and you're just doing it around kids and the relationship and all these things and you're just doing it. He's so inspired by it and that helps him then want to become more, you know. It's that's how I think that's the feeling that I love the most, you know who I'm becoming, um, you know, all the external things are incredible but um, and I'm grateful for them but they're like the icing on the cake for who you become, what you learn about yourself. You know, you, I'm just finding out things about myself and that I just didn't even and know And you wouldn't have known and if you didn't start, and you know? Would never have known if I didn't start and the possibilities and the doors that open and the, the connections and like I was just asked to be interviewed for an article the other day, like things that just before didn't seem possible. I feel like you realise there are so many possibilities and there are no limits, there are no ceilings, there are no, we're not in a cage, you've got Mm -hmm. the key. You realise you can just do anything. You can do anything, you can create anything, but you've just got to be willing to to be curious and to, to... to give it a go, to lean in. And and I continue to lean in. I still have off days. I'm not perfect. I'm a human being. I still have days where I'm on and days where I'm off. And But I now mm-hmm. honour that. I honour that. I'm, I let myself rest when I need to rest. I don't have any guilt about it at all. I've got nothing to prove. I'm, I'm doing the work. I'm, you know, I'm here. I'm showing up every day. I'm bringing my whole heart. I'm not perfect. I'm imperfect, but I'm accepting all of that and I'm welcoming who I'm becoming and I bring that into what I'm doing. And your clients feel that. Your your family feels that. Your partner feels that. And that is from a place of abundance or love or like a higher frequency. You know, when we're not doing things and keeping ourselves small, we're in survival and and that's just that low-level energy. That's that's lack and and that's not what we're made from. So I want to ask one more question because I, like, there is so much gold in here. It's like holy moly. Like take it back, rewind, take notes. There's so many book uh, recommendations too, which I love. So... Because you're so high vibe, you are so abundant in the way that you think. Lack is just not there. Self-loathing is just not there. How do you get yourself into this state every single day and how do you keep, like, say, for example, if you do have a bad day, how do you change it? Yeah. So like I said, my connection to myself is the most important thing. So I check in with myself a lot. I check in with myself in the morning. I check in with myself all, out, all throughout the day. I reset when I need to reset. Um, nourishing myself has been a huge thing. So, like, asking myself, what do you need, Aston? Like, what do you really need? And then just giving myself what I need, you know, like not even questioning it, just honouring. It's the same. If your child says, I need this, you give it, it's done. So it's that same level of love I have with myself. Um, I give myself what I need. I, um, I'm i very real and honest with myself, but in a loving way. So when I look inwards, I feel like I can be so truthful with myself and it doesn't feel like criticism. It doesn't feel like rejection or anything like that. I can just be really honest with myself. And I ask myself the hard questions. 
but in a loving way. And I think if you ask better questions, you get mm. better answers. And I've always loved asking myself those questions and sitting with those answers and sitting with my own discomfort. Because it is um, uncomfortable. I like, like I think that's the thing. People are yeah. avoiding the feeling and they're scared to be alone because they don't want to feel the level of shame, the level of guilt, the level of pain that they're carrying, the grief. Yeah, yeah. And I think initially you maybe feel that because you think you shouldn't be feeling the way you feel. But the truth is feelings just are. They're not good, bad, wrong, right. They just are. They're just energy. And that's how I see them. So I don't judge my feelings. That's not my job. <laughs> you know, I don't judge my kids' feelings. I don't judge my husband's feelings. That's not my job. Mm. My job is to just accept the feeling, feel the feeling and let it move. We keep ourselves stuck. We step in the way of the feeling and, and try and tell the feeling you shouldn't be feeling. Well, I'm sorry, you can't think your feelings away. They're there. <laughs> That's what you feel. The sooner you just let yourself feel it, the sooner you're out the 100%. other side, the energy comes in, the clarity comes in. And and I honour that. I do that. So I let myself feel what I need to feel. I just see it I just had this visualisation come through. So imagine you're on a, like our... Our emotions are like a roller coaster. We're on the roller coaster and like we're literally about to get to the scariest part. Imagine if we just said, all right, stop now. We're just going to stop right at the <laughs> top. Much. We're just going to stop at the, because this is too fucking scary and I'm just going to yeah. stay here for the rest of my life. Yeah. And hang upside down or something. That's way more scary to me. Blocking emotions is and way And within more seconds, scary to me. and this is the thing people don't realize is that you can get through your emotions very fast if you let them move through and it's like yeah imagine how okay so you're staying up there and then you have to get the courage it's like sitting up upside down fucking roller goes going but I just need the courage to be able to go down it's like you're upside down in the middle of the fucking air like how about you just like breathe take one two three and then it'll be over yeah it's over so fast I I don't understand why we do this slow asphyxiation to ourselves you know where we like draw suffering out and you know if you are drawing suffering out there's often that you're addicted to 100 you know and we have to be this is what I mean you have to be radically honest with yourself am I addicted with this feeling of anxiety am I actually getting a sense of certainty or safety because I know what anxiety feels like one of the body. biggest transformational um, things sorry I'm just gonna add this one and we should wrap it up yeah. soon it's been a big episode I love it um <laughs> One thing that I realized, which was transformational for my relationship, was that a chaotic, anxiety-ridden relationship was actually my norm. So anytime mm. my relationship was great, I, because I grew up in a very loud Italian, very broke, like mum and dad, love you both if you're listening, they both have very, like, they grew up migrants, Italian migrants, like they were very they were in racism, like it was crazy. So they had very like unhealed stuff. So we grew up in a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress. So when my relationship was good, what did I do to feel safe? Because it didn't feel safe being relaxed and beautiful and kind. It felt unsafe. It was like, oh, this is uncharted territory. Let's just throw a bomb here. You're an asshole. Let's start a fight. Yeah. Yeah, and so you go back to what you're familiar with or what you feel safe with, and it's actually a lot of people feel safe with anxiety or depression or, you know, all these things. And 
you can retrain your nervous system to feel safe with a settled home, you know, with a, a settled relationship, with a loving relationship. You can retrain your nervous system to feel comfortable with tough conversations. Definitely. You know, a lot of people avoid tough conversations with themselves and then don't have them with their partners because of, you know, past experiences from childhood and things like that. But you can retrain your nervous system to to realise that you're actually safe in those tough conversations because the truth will set you free. And without, without getting to that truth, you're going to be stuck in that trap and that, you know, just going round and round on that roller coaster. Um, not feeling the way you want to feel. And you have the power to change it. 100%. Everything is within you to change it. You ha- you have everything within you. You just need to remember that and reconnect And even if you start that. with journaling and, or and something, that, you know, just starting something. Yeah, journal, um, you know, I go through that process. And, like, yes, you know, Breathing wanted, and feeling my feelings and then journal. And I yep. wanted to talk into your – you've got a free resource, which the girls – and boys could um, yes. access. You've got a an a, an ebook yes. that. So tell me yes, about that. There's, yeah, there's an ebook because I'd love the girls to know how they can women. access um, you and and learn more about your stuff. Yeah, so you can find me on socials, Aston Simmons. Um, check out my website, astonsimmons.com. Um, but that free resource is it's a workbook to help you put yourself first. So it will help you overcome those limiting beliefs we've been talking about um how to rewrite rewrite them um I've even given you some of mine so that you can adopt them and because I know sometimes it can feel hard to go well how can I just put myself first because I've actually been through it um so you can adopt my beliefs there's the what we've been talking about the soul nourishment there's that practice in there so you can learn how to actually do that and that you're making it so much harder than it is And when you start giving yourself what you need, you then will have the energy to give your partner what you need. And as a bonus, I've included in there how to communicate your needs to your partner. So an actual framework of how to step-by-step have that conversation and and get to that place where you're communicating what you need. Um, So yeah, heaps of value in there. And a lot of what we've talked about, you can then practically go and do it. I love it. it. Because that's really, I want you to take action. I want you to take action. So um, do this for yourself. If you have children, do it for your children. You know, I have a daughter and she was a big driver in me realising my worth again and um, loving myself because it's so important that, you know, she loves herself. But even for my son, I have a son and I really wanted him to feel that as well. So, you know, if you, I always say to myself, if I can't do it for me, I need to do it for them. So I really hope that you, you know, do this for you. It's easy. It's It's not hard. Um, and you'll get so much value from it. So, yeah, and if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to me. I'm an open book, as you now know, so I'm more than happy to answer your questions and, you know, help you where I can. Um, If it is more relationship stuff, we do have a free relationship mini course, which you can find on my website and things like that, um, that will actually, it's a five-day mini course that you can do for free to help you with your your relationship. So specifically, that's been your problem. Um, You can use that as well. Love it. You have been such an incredible, insightful, like, hey, take a breath, get sit down, rewrite <laughs> some of my stuff as well because it's just like the level of like self-responsibility you have is just so profound. Like one of the things that I have really struggled with myself is just people-pleasing like a motherfucker, like putting people before mm. myself, yeah. like 
so badly and um, I've seen how much it's really destroyed my life in, in so many ways and how it's my biggest opportunity to really step into my greatness. So, you know, I really appreciate all the things you've learned, like that I've learned from you today and I know that so many other people will and that it's just our responsibility to live this life the way that we're here for. So thank you so much and yeah, 100%. have you. the best day. Thank you so much. I've absolutely loved this chat. They fill me up so much. All my oxytocin is like flying. I'm like, oh, I love these chats. So I really appreciate um, you being here. And yeah, I just, I love the work that you're doing and just keep shining your light because honestly, I feel like the world needs more women putting themselves first and just shining their light. And we could just- hundred percent. I really think that's the answer. Well, <laughs> that's what I'm here for. And that's why I've created this podcast too. Cause I'm like, the more that I can just share that we're all the same and that we actually, it's actually our life given gift. We've all got a special gift. Like you, someone else may have gone through leaving their corporate job or like there's just so much people can learn from all of us. And that's why collectively, I think it's really important for the people to realize that what they're really good at is the thing that they can teach people to do and also make money and also just do the thing. Like it's just perfect. So yeah. So thank you so much. And yeah, I definitely. look forward to having another talk soon. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Belinda Carusi show. If you love this episode as much as I did, head over and rate and subscribe. So you never miss an episode. New episodes drop every week on Fridays. I can't wait to hang out with you again.